Welcome to Massive Damage Adventures, a one-shot actual play role-playing game podcast. My name is Merrick Moyer. I'm the Dungeon Master, Storyteller, Lore Master, and All-Around Host. Every month, I run a one-shot using a different system, pulling in a different cast of players. All intellectual properties, including game material, setting material, music, and whatever else, is used without permission. None of it is ours. We're just using it to enhance our gameplay. But, an extra special thank you to Hayden Lister for letting us use his song Rediscovery as our intro. Check out more of his music at ReverbNation.com slash Hayden Lister. H-A-Y-D-E-N-L-I-S-T-E-R. Also, please rate and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at SkyHammerK and on Instagram at SkyHammerPress. If you want to run your own games and need a few ideas... Check out our Roll D4 adventure prompts on social media. And if you pledge a dollar a month at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress, you get four full adventure seeds on every Roll D4 adventure. Today's review is Black Void by Christopher Savaldsen. The game raised just over 300,000 Danish crones on Kickstarter mm-hmm. and is distributed by our friends at Modifius. Black Void is a dark fantasy role-playing game about humanity's place in a wilder, stranger universe. Travel between planets is achieved by sailing through the void, an extra-dimensional space that holds both horror and magic. The book itself is over 400 pages of rules, setting, and gorgeous art delivered to a very high standard. My guest today is David Hughes. Welcome back for another review. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course. So, did you know that this is, you know, I'm pretty sure, the sixth game that you've played on the podcast? Uh, yeah, that's how, that feels right. Yeah. So, you did the Gothic Horror Shadowrun, Legacy, D&D with Jen running it, and Frag Deternum. Right. I'm now Black Void. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... Why did you want to play Black Void? Uh, I just like trying out new games <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. more than anything. Like I, I really enjoy like the one thing that not the one thing, one of the things that I really enjoy about Massive Damage Adventures is that uh, every time I play, it's an entirely new system to me, uh, and it's you know usually a different setting. Uh, and this was another one of those uh, games that had a system that I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, I mean, the, the the setting wasn't completely foreign to me, but, um, you know, like it was, uh, it sounded fun and interesting, you know, like, um, like it's a bit of uh, the game we were playing was a bit of a, I guess, a heist or post heist, I suppose. Yeah, which is something you don't really play very often. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I certainly haven't. I, actually, I guess this is the second one because I played Shadowrun, and Shadowrun is a game of heists. I guess, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> True enough. Do you ever feel that um, that's one of the detriments? Like you just want to come back and you just want to play the same game, but we just keep throwing one shots at you? Uh, a little bit. I mean, one of the things. Um, I'm always trying to like I, I like to I want to try out like the different sort of popular 
um, uh, game engines, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, like, uh, like I think we just played, we just did Savage Worlds, and um, you know, I've done. Oh man, I can't even remember all the ones that, <laughs> all the all the different uh, yeah. rule sets that we've used. Yeah, there you go. See, and I completely forgot about Deadlands because there's a seventh game that you were playing. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Deadlands. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We just did that one. <laughs> we just did it. I mean, it's not out on the podcast yet. So, for people listening, it doesn't exist. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So, Savage Lands, of course, 5e, Cypher System, Shadowrun. Uh, Legacy was a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Right. That's the one I was trying to remember. Yeah, and then Fragged Eternum is part of the whole Fragged Umbrella from Design yeah. Industries. Yeah, so like I've really enjoyed. I mean, they've all been fun. Like Five E's Five E. Um, like Savage Worlds was excellent, and um, oh, the Cipher System. I'm a big fan of the Cipher System, and then this one, uh, Black Void, is right up there. I actually. It was it was really different. I mean, not really different. I guess I've played so many different ones, but you know, it's like a D twelve based system as opposed to like D twenties. Um, although to be fair, you know, I I don't think Savage Worlds was is a D twenty system. Yeah, Savage, like Savage Worlds is um, your your skills are die sizes with D four being the least and D twelve right. being the highest, and your goal is to roll a four or higher. Right, right. And then for people listening to hear about Black Void, it's a D12 system. Um, and I think we rolled D6s for damage. Yeah. But yeah, but D12 and you add your uh, sort of core statistic and then your skill together, add it to the D12, very much like the 5e D20 resolution system. Yeah. Roll your dice, but, add your bonuses. There's your total. Did you beat the difficulty? Yeah, but a, a narrower uh, sort of band of randomness by only using the D12, but not as like bell curvy as a 3D6, the way that like um, the adventure game engine uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was um, it was hard. <laughs> like Black <laughs> yeah. was difficult to succeed in. Yeah. Um, uh, in sort of a retrospective of the game, I was thinking like, I wish that there was a um, a player resource like inspiration or XP from Cipher System where you got a reroll or you could throw a little bit of extra effort in. But there wasn't that. Like, you roll the dice, you get yeah. what you get. And if you are a which I was gonna say, if you're a caster in this game, good luck at first level. Like, just good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that it's probably a very intentional thematic choice because like, it's supposed to be a really hopeless world that you grind away at until you reach power or enlightenment. Like you're really starting at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're playing a longer campaign, um, like that makes a lot of sense. Like with, with five E even at a low level, you can feel successful as a character. Um, but in black void, it was, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more, I don't don't really want to use the word dystopian, but yeah, hopeless, I think was a good word. Like it's just, it's supposed to be difficult. And I think that 
if you played a longer campaign, the progression would pay off a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm guessing. Um, you know, like yeah. like in, like in five E, yeah, you get more spells as you as you gain more experience and as you level up. Um, but you were, you know, it, it was pretty rare that I missed, you know, a spell as a low level caster in five E. In Black Void, yeah. it is like the difficulties were so high, <laughs> uh, like comparatively. <laughs> Um, like it was, I had to roll, I think I had to roll a 12 if I wanted to almost basically had to roll a 12 in order to cast anything in black void. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to your first cast and we'd set the difficulty at a 12. And then, so you had, um, I think a total of a plus four modifier. So to succeed, you needed an eight out of 12, which, you know, that's, 75% 75% odds. Yeah. But no, not 75, no, 65. 25. Yeah. But well, it's it's the lower number. <laughs> oh jeez, what am I even talking about? But it's a third though. Yeah, yeah. So it's 33%. Yeah, 2 thirds of the time I am not casting. There we go. We got there eventually with the math. Um so yeah, that's that's rough. That's yeah. very difficult. And so I mean it's hard on casters. Um, yeah, I think I only cast three times. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and let's 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 talk a little bit about the idea of advancement in this game, because of course, since it's a one shot, we didn't get to delve into it, and I didn't read too much into it. But um, it it is broken up into three different types of experience, where there's just sort of basic experience, there's enlightenment, and then there's wasta, which is uh, sort of social experience. And although I don't know specifically how this would play over a long campaign or how it's implemented in Black Void, I like games that break out experience that way a little bit more than just like a linear, straightforward thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's definitely something cool there that would be fun to explore. Um, one sort of example is... Uh, have I talked to you about Invisible Sun by Monty Cook Games? Uh, briefly. Yeah, so that one uses a similar sort of thing where you get um, acumen, which is basically you know experience, but then you also get joy and despair based on character things. And when you have one joy, one despair, you can combine them to a crux, and then you get sort of a different type of experience. So... I've played that in almost a two-year campaign, and I really like the way that it sort of plays out, forcing you as a player to prioritize different things in the game other than just, you know, killing monsters. Yeah. Yeah, like, that That actually would be nice. Like, the, I think the one... If I, my one real complaint about 5e is if there's a problem to solve, you just kill the monster, right? Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, it's so easy to fall into the trap of, okay, you're in a room and there's a mysterious stranger, you know, like, how hard is it, you know, or how easy is it just to be like, well, we probably just have to kill this guy. So let's just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, the games play best with whatever their rules have been designed to do. Like, obviously, I mean, it's a role-playing game. We can do whatever we want, but the solution is always going to be like the the easiest solution is always going to be whatever the most rules are there for. Yeah. So D&D having a whole bunch of combat in it, yeah, people just tend to fight things. Yep. 
and then something like um, Legacy and Powered by the Apocalypse, Fighten is really, really downplayed. Like when we played Legacy Life Among the Ruins, that was not a combat game. That was a tromping around in the forest until you kind of found out the mystery maybe game. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird one that uh, I was, yeah, that was one of those ones where you had to be in the right frame of mind for that. So I think I was expecting a combat heavy game, especially with a name like powered by the apocalypse. Like that sounds (laughs) like, okay, I'm going to be able to punch things into the, you know, just dust. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and bringing it back to, uh, to black void, I was actually surprised by how um, tactical the combat system was because mechanically there was a lot of stuff built in there. They had that beautiful one page of like sort of all the summaries of actions that you could take in combat and an initiative pass only gave you one action, no free movements. So you had to like be really specific on your choices and um, that kind of made it uh like a tactical cinematic combat game yeah you have to think really hard about it like i've played um i mean i think i know shadow in the video game i, I think shadow i had like uh, ap right like action points yeah. and then you can you can spread that out you can spend that on movement and then spend something on combat if you have enough ap left but uh yeah like this was straight up it's your turn do you want to move or do you want to uh, hit something. <laughs> yeah. Move or yeah. hit something or yeah. charge somebody or, and like, yeah, were... I mean, you had like, there was variations in there, but basically if you wanted to have like a hundred percent, um, like I'm going to hit this guy as hard as I can. That was the only thing you could do. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then if you move somewhere, I don't even think you could defend yourself. Like, so if you move and then you get attacked, you just sort of got to take that hit. Yeah, you take it on your um on your sort of like passive defense and mm-hmm. then if you choose to dodge or parry something, you're done. You don't get an action on your turn. And if you yeah. like you said, if you already acted your your SOL, there's no no additional action for you. Um definitely interesting. And so it was kind of like it was kind of like 5e combat, but then sort of taken one step further where instead of a six second round with two actions, you got a three second round with one action. Yeah. Yeah. You really had to, it was a different thought process. And Mm -hmm. I will say that casting was even weird because casting takes time. And I cast that spell that was nine seconds. Yeah. And I just had to sit there for, two rounds basically hoping i didn't die (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was in the middle of casting a spell yeah and you think nine seconds like wow that's real fast but in the three second round combat it's a lot of sitting that's you know that's enough time for an enemy to move twice and attack me once or move once and attack me twice or if they happen to be next to me just attack me three times (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like it could be very, very good for um, sort of like a a really planned out encounter where you get the casters back to a wall and then you put people in front of them and they just defend them while the caster pulls off something really incredible, but not so much at first level. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't <laughs> don't don't let your casters cast at the first level. I'd say <laughs> if I had to do it all over again, I just would have pulled out my dagger and started stabbing things. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's say a little bit broader now, um, just to sort of like figure out what was your favorite thing about Black Void. Like, what would you pitch to somebody if you were trying to get them to enjoy this or like this game? Uh, the best, uh, my favorite thing, and I don't know if this is specific to the pre-generated characters we were using, but all the character sheets had sort of secret information for the players um, about the other characters. Uh, like, not really. Like, just sort of, like, I knew stuff about, you know, all these other characters, and they, I didn't know what they knew about me, and they didn't know what I knew about them. And that really creates this wonderful environment for role play. Um, like, mm-hmm. if you, right? Because, you know, there was, there, there are moments where I'm trying to convince, uh, like, my character is trying to convince another character or the other characters not to take a particular course of action because of something that I know, right. But they're, they're following somebody and I I know a secret about them, but I don't really want to let on, you know, what the secret is necessarily. And mm-hmm. uh, so like, that was, that was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed the role playing in the game. Um, yeah. And a lot of that I think stemmed, um, you know, just from that. Yeah, so we were playing the um, official adventure, the flight from Salvation Square, and the characters that we used were the four pre-generated characters in the back, and it was a really great way to write an adventure if it was a one-shot or a convention sort of thing, because yeah, you get that sort of thing. And none of them were like, I know your deep, dark secret from your past it was something that your character might have just noticed with a good observation check Mm -hmm. but only you noticed it um and the other thing that i really liked about it was of course uh the premise of the adventure is you have this macguffin and you need to get it to the getaway place but none of you are super familiar with the area and so everybody got their own little snapshot Uh, One character has a big map and knows a general overview of the area. Somebody else has a base. Somebody else has allies. Somebody else has um, informants. And giving everybody a couple of resources and sort of ways that they could move the story really, really helped, like you said, with roleplay and getting into those characters and into the world. Yeah, it's really interesting uh, now that we're sort of talking it, talking it out. Like if you sort of give all these characters or all these players different pieces of the puzzle, mm-hmm. but they don't, you know, no one knows what everyone else's pieces are. You know, that can make for a really interesting thing because then people have goals that, like, I don't think that any of our goals were necessarily even at odds with one another. Like we had different directions we wanted to go, but ultimately we were all trying to still move towards the same uh, you know, like let's get this MacGuffin, you know, to the getaway, like yeah. to the to the pickup point, right? And mm-hmm. uh, but 
yeah like i mean i guess you could play it passively and just sort of be like okay i'm just gonna follow people around and go where they go but because you know like if you don't have that a lot of like for some people it's just difficult for them to think i mean in any game you know if i don't have if i didn't know that i had like a criminal contact in the underworld i wouldn't think to like just invent one and be like hey let's go look at this Let's go visit this criminal contact friend of mine who's at the opposite end of this map that none mm-hmm. of us can see except, you know. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I thought that was actually like, that's really interesting. Like, I think if you're going to write, I think if I was going to write an adventure uh, for any uh, game system, I think I would try to do that. And like, if I was going yeah. to pre generate characters for people, like, just give them different pieces of the puzzle and sort of see how they interact to see how they share that information. Because I think that's sort of, I mean, that's what role play is, right? It's interactions between characters. And so yeah. if you give them, if you give your players a good reason to do that, then it's easier for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, um, like, it's a great design idea. And um, you could implement it without pre-made characters by just having, you know, a couple of handouts that you give to each player and you can shuffle those up or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another couple of things that really stood out for me in this adventure, um, like writing-wise and design-wise, were uh, there was about a half dozen modular encounters, and we only did about three. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of variation, and uh, it allows the game master to be really reactive and play to what the players are doing. So well-written that way. And then... On top of that, there were some other little handouts that I was super excited to use, but never felt the need to. Um, they have these things called paranoia handouts, and it's just like a um, a two sentence line that's like that you just hand to one player, and they read it, and it's like that person over there is watching me. I'm sure they are. They looked away as soon as I looked at them. What's going on? And that's it. Yeah. And it's just supposed to sort of prompt the players to move a bit faster. So, like, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, their their suggestion was, if the game is slowing down, hand one of these to a player. And I was super excited to do them, but our game never really slowed down. We we had our time limit. We knew that it was a one shot, so um, there was always that let's let's keep going sort of feeling. Yeah, and my I know uh, my character was constantly pushing us to keep moving forward. I did not want yeah. to stay still. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so definitely things that we liked about uh, the game and the adventure, um, and we kind of touched on the magic. But was there any particular thing that you felt was a weakness or a pain point for Black Void? Um. Not really. Um, the only, like, the only real downside, like I say, is just if you are a low-level caster, it's gonna you're gonna have to grind it out a bit before you start to feel powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like, if you're a magic user, you know, you kind of want to feel powerful. Like, that's sort of the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, it's that sort of discussion of why are we playing? Are we playing to simulate a story that 
we, you know, rags to riches and we start from the bottom and we keep working and working and we get an accomplishment? Or are we playing for escapism and just fun, which also is just telling a great story? And sometimes you just want to be powerful. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean of course, all I, games have that ability to do that if we just start at higher level sort of thing, but... Yeah, I mean, I had fun. Uh, you know, despite yeah. the fact I didn't get a spell off, I thought it was... I still had a great time. So, I mean, like I say, it's a it's it's a minor quibble, but I, I'm certain that there are people who would be like, yeah, I play these games and I want to just throw fireballs at things all the time and and just wreck face and you can't i mean you can do that if you have a hammer in this game but you can't seem <laughs> to do it if you could like yeah, you know maybe cast a spell but yeah i think if we took another look at the spells like a second time through um we'd have a better idea like okay we're trying too much so as a quick explainer uh the spellcrafting you choose basically from a menu of effects and every effect that you pick increases the difficulty and uh eventually you're going to roll against that difficulty to see if you even succeed in casting and then effects take place so i wonder how effective you could be if you set pretty much all of those to their lowest zero level and then just the one effect like say you want to your character wasn't like built for fireballs but say you want to convince somebody to say yes when they've been saying no and you drop everything down to zero. You have to go up and touch them <laughs> for a minute. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's just to get a bonus on a roll. Like, could you get that to a difficulty eight or six? And then you'd only need to roll a two or four. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could probably do that. It, it's really, um, oh, yeah, what's the word? It's really, um, I'll get there. <laughs> it's really situational, right? So yeah. if you find yourself in a situation where it's okay to cast something for a minute, then, like, because honestly, the time, because, a, you're limited not only by like the difficulty level, but your level as a magic user, you can only choose from certain things on that menu, yeah, right? So true. so for me, for my character, when I if I was going to craft a spell, the shortest spell casting time I had available to me was sixty seconds. Right? Mm-hmm. So obviously useless in combat. <laughs> um but, you know, like if there was a thing where, you know, we need to convince, I don't know, a shopkeeper or whatever to uh, lower a price or just give us something for free, you know, then casting for a minute isn't a big deal, right? I stand in the back and mutter and move my hands and, uh, you know, the rest of the party tap dances for the shopkeeper. And uh, hopefully, yeah, I could, I might be able to hit that difficulty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. I bet there's probably a lot of depth there that we just didn't get to explore. Yeah, like it it's really I think it's a really neat idea. Yeah. Right? Like being able to craft a spell. Like that would have been neat. So I remember looking at it and then I was just like cuz 
wrapping your head around how the magic works in this was not easy for me. And then <laughs> once I got my head wrapped around, I was like, cool. So I'm looking at this crafting menu and I was like, I can't use any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I can use the one spell I know that takes nine seconds to cast. That's it. Yeah. All of this beautiful, amazing stuff at my fingertips, but I can't yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like I say, that's maybe for me, the only pain point, but it's, it's a minor quibble. Um, I, the one thing I will say that I like about it is it forces you to, you know, uh, problem solve a little bit differently, right? Like I can't Mm -hmm. solve this problem with magic. Well, this problem yet with magic, what else can I do? You know, I, I guess I got to talk it out or convince somebody to do something or whatever it happens to be. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's always good to, you know, add those interesting limitations and force creativity. I mean, that's, you know, uh, the mother of invention, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, the usual sort of like near the end kind of figuring it out now that you've played black void if you were to go back and play it again play this game again this adventure or just black void what would you do differently other than use your dagger more often Um, well, I'd read my character sheet a little bit closer. I didn't (laughs) see my, I didn't see my piece of the map. I was like confused about the name of, so I had like a contact and a place to go and I was confused about the name. So when I read the name, I thought it was the name, like the name of the guy I thought was the name of the port we were trying to get to. Cause on the map, I can see the port. Right. right. And yeah. so I was like, oh, this is just where we're eventually going to wind up being. And it wasn't until I read it closer with about like, I don't know, 20 minutes left in the game. Like we were basically done at that point. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, wait, this is the guy that I was. OK, right. But um, yeah, there's like a lot of detail on there. Like there were things I even like real basic things that I had skimmed early on, like my eye color. I had oily black eyes and when we initially introduce ourselves you know i describe myself as oh i look like uh, anybody else i'm real average oh also i have black (laughs) eyes and spots on my skin and copper hair (laughs) you know so uh yeah there's a lot of good detail uh at least definitely on this on these pre-made characters that really help with the role playing even beyond just like the physical description like the characteristics they give you are pretty uh you know they're they're deep enough where you know, you can play. You can you can play that those characteristics as as deep as you were able to play them, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't hurt. Like, you know, even if you're not playing them that deep, you know, just uh, if you're playing like the archetype sense that you get from it, then that's probably good enough. Yeah. One interesting thing about the character customization in the core book is that like everybody plays humans, even though there's an incredibly large number of various alien species that could be playable. Everybody plays humans because this is the story of humanity rising. Um, But you have half-blood humans who have some alien heritage and void-touched humans who have been mutated by magic. Mm -hmm. And they have all of these abilities and tables that you can go through and pick and be like, I have an extra set of arms. I have 
hair all over my body. And like, so it's nice that it's laid out there and it's not just like pick something weird. And some of them have mechanical benefits that you have to buy. So there's a lot of sort of support in that character creation aspect, which was really cool to see. Yeah. It would be interesting. Actually, I mean, I think it would be interesting for all these new systems that I learned, but especially for this one, based on how you've described it, to sit down and do like a session zero, just like mm. a character creation session. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun to see what wackiness you could come up with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that um, this game, Black Void, definitely for me, uh, needs to be played in a campaign. It's like it was a really cool, fun one shot, but to really put it to see what this game can deliver, you need to play a couple of sessions. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I mean, it's it's fun as a one shot, absolutely. Like if you're on the fence, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I want to just do this adventure, do it. I think it was like it was a lot of fun. I think everybody had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, I can only really speak for myself, but <laughs> uh, you know, I got the sense that everyone else was enjoying themselves. So, yeah, but yeah, it would be interesting to see it as a as a longer game. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, before we wrap up, anything else you want to say about Black Void or uh, life in general? No, uh, I give Black Void two thumbs up. Uh, life. Three thumbs up if you're a half blood. Uh, yeah, depending on how many arms you got, as many thumbs as you got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just in terms of life, uh, Golden Girls is streaming on Amazon Prime now, so that's what I'm doing for the next little while. Nice, very nice. You know what I'm doing for the next little while? Uh, editing podcasts. Yes, that too. <laughs> but uh, no what? The- the Mandalorian season two comes out right away. Mm. And so I have committed to finally watching the rest of clone wars and rebels because I got three seasons, one of rebels and two of clone wars. I just got to knock them out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I thought of a really good idea for a, for another podcast. If you're, if you're ever running out of things to record, you should do, a podcast just called session zero. And all it is, is like a session zero for all these different games where people sit down and make characters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad idea. Session zeros are fun. Yeah. I'll just say, if you ever need, if you ever need another, uh, more time, if you ever (laughs) have all this extra time on your hands. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Of course. Cool. Well, thank you for chatting with me about Black Void. Hey, thanks for letting me talk to you about it. Thanks for letting me play it. Indeed. Always a pleasure. And thank you, Modiphius, for sending it for us to play. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Modiphius. Woo! And for all of you now heading into the game, our players today included David Hughes, Playing a Siri, the Void Marked. Ooh, it's Void Marked, not Void Touched. I thought I, I got it right when I said it before. I, I didn't want to correct you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for saving me a little, <laughs> bit, like, a little bit of embarrassment, but I got there. It's, it's the Void Marked Chatterbroker. Melissa Benz Philipchuk playing Amara, the Half Blood Thief. 
Jen Blackmoyer playing Sarvar, the pureblood caravan guard, and Patrick McGeehan playing Tamo, the pureblood former gang member. This is very exciting because this is our first game officially, officially sponsored by Roll20. Yeah, so uh, Roll20, awesome, super good uh, virtual tabletop that um, is sponsoring us so that we can play all these fun games and use all their fancy tools like dynamic lighting and fog of war and all these cool things. Thank you, Roll20. Making games easier with (laughs) COVID-19. Slogan. It's a terrible, terrible slogan. It's true, though. I think it should be like despite of COVID nineteen, not like with. In- right. Workshop that one. Do we know that they didn't cause it in order to cause gamers to play online? Shut up, Carl. <laughs> A big hook grabs me. Uh, so, welcome to the last game sponsored by. <laughs> no, this, isn't, this isn't live. This will be edited. Merrick's a very good editor. <laughs> All right. You belong to a small group of humans making a meager living, stealing and hustling in the filthy streets of the slum district known as Kima. A gang known to you as the Sarakum have stolen a sacred idol in the form of a bronze statuette of the mother serpent from the cult of Tiamat. The idol is believed to be a relic from Earth and remains a symbol of importance and authority, not only for the cult, but for the remains of mankind, regardless of creed or allegiance. Getting the idol back is of the utmost importance to the cult. Believing that recovering and returning the idol to the priestesses of Tiamat will ingratiate you with the cult, you you sought out the priestesses and offered your aid. As you are joined by a defected member of the Sarakum uh, named Tamo, the high priestess of the cult tasked you with recapturing the idol. In exchange for retrieving the statuette, the cult offers coinage, sanctuary, and gifts from the Tiamat temple in the Firadani enclave, a most enticing proposition for homeless, castless humans living in deprivation and danger, like you. Amara plans the theft. Asiri arranges the gateway transport, or gateway, the getaway transport, and Sarvar provides protection, while Tamo acts as a guide in the area. You all you are all armed and equipped lightly for what is a simple raid as you sneak into the old temple lair of the Sarakum gang in the dead of night. You recover the idol without incident and sneak out a secret back passage, quietly shutting the secreted door behind you. You breathe a sigh of relief. Success! Game All right, good game, guys. This is awesome. <laughs> I like these games where we just win. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, so let's uh, let's start with Amara, uh, who planned the theft. Melissa, could you introduce your character a little? All right. So Amara is a short, ordinary woman um, with green eyes and hair. She definitely dyed blue. Um, yeah, pretty ordinary. That is mostly what it says here. It also says she's confronting and forthright. And I imagine is usually scowling. 
for one reason or another. But she apparently did a pretty good job planning this theft. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's hear about a Siri. David. Uh, hi, I'm a Siri. Uh, <laughs> um, I have one of those faces that, you know, you're pretty sure you've seen somewhere, but you just can't place it. Um, I'm, you know, like I kind of blend into the background real well. Um, and uh, yeah, I like knowing things and making money by knowing things. And that's all you're going to get out of me. <laughs> all right, Jen. So I'm sassy. Very sassy. Okay. I am Savar, and I am a middle-aged male, but I'm like a silver fox. So basically... I'm Idris Elba. Just picture that. Like legit muscular, regular height, dark skin, dark eyes, black hair, but graying, hot. Oh, yeah. That's Idris Elba. Yeah, that's me. That's all you need. Awesome. Uh, then, Patrick, you are Tamo. Tamo's the name. Hitting things is the game. <laughs> Big and wide and olive skin with blonde hair. Uh, shaved on the sides. Little flop. Uh, don't know why I've chosen to leave the, what I thought was the Sarah Gooms. Because I thought it was a G. Uh, but it's apparently a Q. So I've left Maybe the game. Maybe that's why you left. Uh, they lied to me from the start. I thought I was getting some type of bubblegum um, um, sort of allegiance, but turns out not so much. Uh, and now, here we are. I hope we don't die. Also, uh, does anybody have any gum? <laughs> I could get you some. Maybe later. Alright, and then so... As you're sort of stepping into the alleyway, I'll give another reminder of Lynn, the Eternal City. So this city is uh, sort of a crossroads of a whole bunch of different worlds. Um, alien cultures travel the universe by way of uh, the void and the sort of black gates of swirling energy, and you sail through them. Uh, Lynn happens to have, like, you know, a couple dozen of these gates going to lots and lots of different places. So um, it has sort of been built up as a nexus point of trade and, uh, you know, commerce and so on. Uh, there was no indigenous population as far as people could tell. This started just being built up by merchants until it's become an incredible hodgepodge of uh, species from all over the galaxy. Now, Humanity, you know, in kind of, you know, bygone folklore and tales and so on, came from this world called Earth, where at one point the sky opened up and black tendrils reached down and grabbed humans and tore them into the void, depositing them all over the cosmos and a lot here in Lynn. 
shitty. So, that is where we pick up in this city full of aliens where humans are on the lowest rung. Yes. So does that mean it's possible and some people believe that Earth is still out there to get, like, back to? It is, although nobody ever has found it. Well, if they did, would they have come back? Could they come back? Good question. Great question. I also have a question. Okay. Is Lynn, like, a planet, or is it just a city floating in the void? It is a city on a planet. Um, but there's very little of the planet that is known about or explored because the city itself is in a basin surrounded by uh, the Parepial Mountains, which are like these uh, really, really sheer, almost like spire-like mountains just covered in jungle. Super welcoming. Yeah, and so the city has a um, a river that actually comes up from the ground in the center. Thanks, love. Um, and spreads outward. Uh, and then in the immediate area around the city, there's sort of like a barren area that people have cleared. Then there's a couple of farms and then just jungle. Terrifying. And it's like aliens, right? Aliens yeah. and monsters? Yeah. So it's not, not like a, a tiger. No. Cool. Uh, the river itself is, um, you know, filled with silt sharks that really eat people. Fun. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's real good. Incidentally or emphatically, they eat people. Emphatically. Like, if you're in the water and a silt shark is nearby, they're pumped. They're coming for you. Okay. Just wanted to be sure that it wasn't a, well, they might come if they're super hungry kind of deal. No, it turns out that, you know, humans are one of their prey. Other species, but definitely us. So there's not like a huge amount of interaction between humans and other species, is there? There is, and there are half-bloods. Um, there's, it's been centuries since uh, humanity's been here. It's just that most humans don't have the basis to get higher than lower castes. Is that why I'm a pureblood? That is correct. And I am a half-blood. Maybe I should have included that in my description. <laughs> also, I have 17 arms. I, also, I would have included that. There are also those who are void-touched, which means that, you void know, marked. you're... Void marked. Thank you. Uh, which means that they might have some other abilities that manifest. They may also have physical um, changes due to just being close to the void. And a lot of people in Lynn develop that because there are so many gates to the void everywhere. I should have given you guys a much better description of myself. Uh, I just noticed that my eyes entirely black. We would probably notice that. I'm so average, yeah. it's crazy. Also, <laughs> my eyes are so black and swirling well, portals of negative energy. Also, look there's a tiny a note, baby. There's a note here that says I intentionally look nondescript. So I was trying to describe myself as being nondescript. But everything else is very descript. I have well, black eyes and copper hair and speckled skin. Beyond that, though, I look just like everybody you've ever seen. <laughs> 
I mean, okay. remember, that is a common look here. Yeah. So for someone with black eyes, I look like, you know, just your average black-eyed, copper-haired guy. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to add to, if we're describing our characters in slightly more detail, apparently I'm usually bronze-skinned, but I can just change that if I feel like it. And then I was going to follow that up with, can I change it to the point where I get, like, stealth bonuses? That seems unclear. No. Dang. I'm now the color of this wall. Can everyone take a stronger look at their character sheets, please? For the <laughs> incredibly distinct descriptors that were clearly marked. I, I can change my skin pigment, which doesn't seem that useful, but maybe it's fun. And I have retractable claws. I'm a real good climber. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. I'm real Su- young. Super normal. Also, I'm a cat. Uh, <laughs> it's just I the claws. It's just the claws, and I don't typically change my skin color. Forgot to mention just, Tamo, a dragon. I just discovered I'm a teenager. Wow. Yep. So you're like super edgy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got my black, black eyes. eyes. I got, uh, you know, my copper hair is all slicked back, and I got a big, long black trench coat. But you won't remember me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, very ordinary. Okay, ready? Let's roll. With the idol of the sacred serpent goddess in hand, you slip out into a dimly lit alley through a concealed back door from the Sarakum lair beneath the temple. As you wipe the sweat from your brow and look around at each other with a sigh of relief, you are startled by the sudden ominous and jarring sound of a gong from in the temple. Shouting, angry voices, and stomping feet can be heard in the passageway you came from as you realize that you have been discovered. In a panic, one of you seizes the heavy idol while someone else blocks the door and you rush towards the alley mouth. Before you get far, four goons, clearly members of the Sarakum, jump out of a side alley with drawn weapons and block your escape. What are their names? I know them. (laughs) So this is the idol. It is about three and a half feet uh, in height and made of bronze. It is very heavy. Anyone carrying it takes a minus one penalty to all movement rolls. Can two people carry it at once? Yes, it would be awkward, but it's just the fact that it's very heavy, very awkward, not easy to conceal. Is anyone wearing a cloak? I have a heavy cape. We might want to wrap it in that after this combat. Just because, I don't know, somebody carrying a large package isn't as suspicious as three people booking it with an idol. I also have something (laughs) known as a fire plow. What's that? It's for when you're on the fire farm. (laughs) Getting those fire crops. (laughs) You gotta get your fire fields ready. (laughs) Gotta plant those sparks. Do you have a line on raging bonfires? It's been uh, out of season on bonfires for about two years now. Wow, those are long seasons seasons of bonfires. Well, I mean, it's bonfires are they don't come around every year. That's crazy. How I you know how long it you know how long it takes to grow a good bonfire? In this economy. 
Should we roll initiative, Merrick? Yeah, I was just setting up the music change. Everybody can go ahead and roll. So it is a D12 plus your agility. Our agility this... bonus. Yes, not your agility dots. Does sluggish mild have an effect on that? Let's take a look. Uh, I'm assuming that's going to be under strength, or is it under stamina? An agility one. Well, and that makes sense. Oh, great, I can't open it. Great, that's much worse. I also have an agility um, trait, fast reflexes. Okay, so, let's take a look. (laughs) I'm going last. Fast reflexes. The character reacts rapidly to stimuli. Having fast reflexes grants plus one to all surprise, initiative, and dodge rolls. So, Melissa, yeah, you get a plus one there. (laughs) She rolled the dice, and you can hear her really loud, (laughs) ta-da! Good job. And for some reason, flaws, my third page just aren't loading, so hang on. Uh, If you go on the... um, uh, click open the turn order. You should all be able to add your own initiatives to that. Sorry, and just a reminder, we roll and then we add our agility? Yes, correct. Hey, David. Or, sub- or subtract look- it. Yeah, if you look over at the uh, initiative thing, uh, you and I will be going simultaneously, my brother. <laughs> oh, no. I also rolled a two and have a minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Who is holding the idol? It, it literally can't be me. I have to uh, be the physically weakest person in the party. It's probably me. I was thinking Patrick's character. Okay, and we found Sluggish. The character has an unwieldy body, which will not react in a fast manner. No matter how hard he or she tries, actions are always sluggish and slow. Mild. Suffer a minus one penalty to move initiative and surprise rolls. Moderate. It's a minus two. So I'm at a zero initiative. Well, there you go. That breaks the tie. You worked on all muscle, no agility. (laughs) You forgot to stretch after those weight sessions. Someone pulled a hammy. I don't know what leg day is. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) All I do is just work the arms. Just lift. It will sort itself out. Okay. Girls are the girls, they say. Uh, these four goons come running out of the side, and you can see that they've got, you know, standard clothing, no armor or anything, and uh, they've got sort of an assortment of uh, rough clubs and sort of rusted um, curved daggers. Uh, Amara gets to go first. Okay, I get to go first. Um, I was hoping I'd have a little more time to think about what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, one, two, three. You're saying one square equals one meter? So I don't need that to... That is correct. They are cutting us off. Okay. I just need to pull up that uh, chart. Where's the chart? Combat. Yeah, you got it? Yeah, I found it. I'm just trying to see which one I have to pick to actually engage with somebody. And I can't because that's a half move. Uh, you can charge, which would be a double move, and then you get 
you attack with plus one damage. Okay, I will charge that dude that I just uh, highlighted. One, two, three, four, five, six. That is within my double move. Okay, I am right there. Nice. Sorry, that gave me a plus what? Uh, it'll be a plus one to damage, so you still just roll a regular attack. And the regular attack... Let's see. Claws, melee. Um, attack modifier, plus two. Speed, plus two. Do I add that to my initiative belatedly? No, I don't remember what speed is, so we're just going to ignore it for the case of this game. Okay, so uh, the attack modifier is plus two. That includes the trait and everything. It's just a flat plus two I get? No, uh, you're going to get plus two uh, unarmed. You don't have any dots in, but you are going to get your strength? No, let's go with your agility, because claws. So you're going to get a plus four. And, okay, plus four, fast reflexes wouldn't apply to that. Got it. 1d12 plus four is what I'm rolling. Perfect. And this person is not uh, going to react with a defense, so you're just rolling against their defense value. Eleven. That is a hit, so you can go ahead and roll damage. Uh, D4 minus one. Except I get a plus one from the charge. So just D4. That's right. One D4? Yes. Oh, I'm rolling awesome! That was four damage! Nice. Uh, do they have any... They do not have any damage reduction. So yeah, just because they're in just like regular ratty clothing, you run forward and your claws like and you slash across this guy. If you hit first, I mean, that matters, usually. Most of the time, I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping it matters. Alright, Sarvar's turn. Sorry, I'm just trying to look at something. Okay, I want to do the um, other charge, the knockdown. Ooh, furious charge? No, that's... Yeah, that is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so let me go and look up what that is. I just want to say something. But talking is a free action? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Furious Charge. When charging, the character is unstoppable and batters down opponents standing in his or her way. During the charge, uh, the attacks count as knockdown actions with a plus one modifier due to impact. If the knockdown is a success, carry the Furious Charge on to any adjacent opponents until a knockdown is failed or there is no more standing opponents. The combatant suffers a minus three penalty to his or her defense value while charging furiously. That's fun. And then standing up takes a whole action, right? Uh, yeah, it will. So I'm gonna say, um, I have a place we can hide. And then I'm gonna barrel into this dude. Okay, uh, so 
<laughs> you run forward, slamming some like uh, empty, rotten barrels out of the way, slamming into this guy. Um, go ahead, and I would say make a strength roll. Do you have skills for knockdown? Uh, 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 no. <laughs> I have a shield, but otherwise, no. I don't know precisely what it is, so let's treat it as a basic action, which is uh, your strength twice, rather than using a skill. I rolled a 12! Ooh, that's an exceptional one. So... I lost my dice. Oh. Okay. So I got a 12 plus a 9, and then plus double my strength, which is 2. So, 23? More than enough. Uh, So I'm going to say that the exceptional for this is that instead of, like, directly knocking this guy down, you knock him down, and then he stumbles back and knocks a second one down. Awesome. And do I get to keep doing my charge, or...? Or was it only for adjacent? Uh, you get to keep going uh, through your speed. Um, okay, so how far did you want to keep moving? Uh, I don't remember what my speed is. Uh, your speed is six. I think I moved that. Uh, but with the Furious Charge, you move double your speed. I moved eight. Yeah, so I'll get to the other guy, too. Okay, so then I'll have this guy stumble up and hit the other guy so that you're hitting both. So go ahead and make another knockdown roll on the guy in the back. Oaken says no. Uh, that would be a nine. Okay, so now because because that's right sort of in the middle, I'm not certain how that works. and I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah, so a knockdown is an opposed roll to knock opponent down. But wait. Yeah. I also get a plus one to my knockdown because I'm doing the Furious Charge, correct? Yep. The ten. Nice. Okay, so knockdown. A combatant may attempt to use a body slam, yada, yada, yada. A knockdown is a standard attack which triggers an opposed strength roll. Okay, so it would have been an attack target is rendered prone. Strength and other relevant modifiers are applicable. Creature size adds plus three modifier for each size category difference. Okay, so it would have been an attack roll on your side and it's a strength uh, res- uh, a strength roll on my side. So I'm just going to roll his strength and try to beat your ten. Uh, so that is an eleven. Uh, the other one is not knocked down. Oh, that was a good try. So right now, Sarvar is off on sort of the left side of this of this uh, alleyway area. Uh, two of the people that he has run into have slammed... Well, uh, runs into one person who trips over and falls into another person, runs up to the second one who's able to sort of stop you. So you're face-to-face with this one person with these other two knocked down above. And I told them to follow me because I know a place. Yes, you tell everybody to follow you. Why did that one now, guy go flying sideways? That was the uh, the exceptional because Jen rolled a natural 12. Oh, okay. So I gave her a free knockdown as he stumbles into another person. Okay. So now it's my turn. 
Um, this person is going to all out attack Amara. No, doesn't need to all out attack Amara because you're not getting your um, agility bonus to your defense because you charged. So going to go for a crushing blow, which is a minus three attack for plus one damage. Nope. Nope. I rolled a ne- I rolled a two. Huzzah. So not going to happen there. Uh, yeah, so uh, swings like real heavy overhand as um, like with a club as you're slashing across his uh, his chest and you're able to easily sort of stay out of his way. Um, these two stand up and then the other one will, let's see, a furious charge is a minus three to Jen's defense. So that person is going to... Hmm... I guess just standard attack. Nah, crushing blow again. That time I rolled an eight. So uh, that's technically a five, but Jen's defenses are also reduced by three. Let's see what her defenses are. Defense is eight. So matching. I'm going to roll damage. Uh, for them, which is a d6. Roll to five. And Jen's got two damage reductions, so she's taken three damage. As, uh, this sort of thug, uh, slashes across Sarvar's, uh, leg. Uh, a series turn. Cool. So, known phenomena, that's like a cantrip, right? Like, I can just yeah. cast that. Basically. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to cast uh, Compel. Um, it's but what's the time on it? It's uh, The channeling time is nine seconds. Which Three is rounds. Fast. Yeah, that's still way faster than any constructed thing I can cast. <laughs> but you could uh, run, or you could attack with your dagger. Do not want to attack with my dagger. <laughs> I'm gonna. If these guys want me, they're gonna have to come and get me. Uh, but I will at least try to do something useful. Um, so I'll begin casting uh, compel. On uh, it has a range of. Do I have to like choose my target now, or do I ch- choose it in three rounds? Like, what if someone uh, moves out of my range or moves into my range? Yeah, let's choose it in three rounds. You're preparing okay. it. Okay, cool. Then I will begin the preparations. Okay. Uh, then it is Tamo's turn. Freight train. I'm gonna I'm gonna charge that guy. Nice. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him with a big old hammer. Okay. They've already acted, so you just go against their defense value. So that's a 12. That will definitely hit. For 13 damage. Oh, dang. Uh, 13 damage? Correct. And also it has the properties of knockdown. I don't know what that means. I'm not certain either, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, Are you going for a kill, or are you just knocking this person unconscious? 
I am smushing his head. All right, so you run up and just... And the hammer crashes into him, and he's down. I apologize. It was 14 damage. I charged. Okay, Tamo comes forward and... There's a crunch as uh, the head is caved in, uh, which goes to the end of the first round. So you can all hear um, like a whole bunch of people sort of gathering behind uh, the door that you sealed, the secret door that you like sort of pushed some stuff in front of, and they start sort of slamming on the door and hammering to get out. Is that right here? Yes. Oh, good. So That's that worrying. is Amara's <laughs> Am I turn. to move while I'm while I'm channeling stuff? No. Nope. I, I would like to try oh, out no. that called attack. <laughs> okay. I would like to blind this guy. I don't want to stand here and fight with the amount of damage I do. So called attack eyes. Okay, uh, let me see. Do, 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 do. Those are uh, offensive actions. All out attack, backstep. Okay, it's on the next page. Called attack. A called attack is used when a combatant attempts to hit a specific part of an opponent's anatomy. The attacker determines the intended hit location and makes an attack roll, applying a minus three penalty. The attack allows a combatant to target an unprotected body part to avoid armor or to include a particular consequence, such as tripping someone up and so on. In this case, blinding them. All good. So you just take a minus three. I'm yeah, rolling awesome. That's loading always out. All right. And uh, they're not rolling the... Uh, defense, does that count your minus three? Yeah, because I had a plus four to attack, so this is just plus one. I rolled a ten. Nice. Uh, then, yeah, that is a hit. And so um, you blind him, and uh, I do have... Nick, Nick, Nick. Status effect yeah. somewhere. The worst part is you have claws. I was very literal when I said I'm trying to blind this guy. Oh. Literally scratched his eyes out. Yes. Here we go. Um, So, this would be, wow, yeah, partial blindness? That's a minus five modifier on all rolls. I was going to say, only partial? Okay, I'll take it, I'll take it. It's a minus five, that's pretty hefty. Oh, did, yes. did I have to roll damage? No, you trade uh, the location for damage. Okay. I um, mean, I suppose... Mm, no, actually, you would get to roll damage, because um, like it specifically talked about skipping armor. So yeah, go ahead and roll damage. So you... Uh, you gouged his eyes, but he's only partially blinded because he got really thick eyelids. Well, it was too damaged, so I guess, I don't know, maybe his like skull got in the way. That, that guy doesn't skip cornea day. Yeah, like, it's it's possible... <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that you scratch, like, through the eyes and, and, and really cripple them, but it's also maybe like it's a scratch across the forehead and there's blood going down and it's just covering their eyes. Okay, I have a follow-up question. If he can barely see me, do I have to take the disengage action, or can I just take my full movement away from this guy? You can take the full movement, but he may react with an attack, 
with a minus five penalty. You, you know also what? Can't, you also can't move right now. Why can't I move? Because moving is an attack. action. One action around. Got it. That's why so many of the movements include an attack. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I understand now. Okay. Uh, then we are on to Sarvar's turn. Um. Yeah, you're toe-to-toe with this one. Uh, she just actually um, stabbed you. You took three damage. Rude. That's super rude. Okay, um... Just deciding. I am going to... Oh, I engage and you have to move into engagement, not out, eh? Uh, yeah. I mean, you're already there. What are you trying to do? I wanted to attack and then move away. Oh, I see. Uh, no, it is in order. I don't think there's, there's, yeah, there's disengage, but you can't attack and then move. I think I'm going to all out attack someone for me. Okay. With my bladed weapon. Sounds good. Oh, you know what? Everybody would have needed to take their first round pulling their weapons out because you were stealing things. We forgot about drawing weapons. Would that apply to me? Um, I don't know if it would apply to your claws. Did you want me just to punch instead? No, 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 no. Go ahead. We skipped it. Yeah. We're just learning. Question. Yep. So my attack modifier on my short sword is plus three, and then I have bladed weapon ranking three, so that all gets added? Yeah, I think so. And then do I add strength or agility or something? Uh, yeah, I think in the case of a sword, it would be strength. I'm going to double check. Oh, but it also is more quality, so I get negative one to attack. I hmm. charged yes, and only moved half my speed. So I technically could have drawn while I was charging. Because it's half move to equip a weapon. Mm, No. Because that's half move and then equip a weapon and item. No attack involved. No charge. Well, that doesn't say that. It does. Because each of those is one action. You're an action. (laughs) Uh, rolling a d12 and adding applicable modifiers against a set difficulty unless otherwise noted in the maneuver description the applicable attack modifiers are agility, applicable combat skills and relevant abilities so yeah, you add it all together but it is agility, not strength okie dokie so that is a 12 okay, um, and these people are not fighting defensively so you are definitely hitting you can go ahead and roll damage Oh, hold on. It was more. I keep forgetting to add the, like, attack, the maneuver. Right. Because what maneuver did I say I was doing? (laughs) All out attack. attack. Yes, that was actually a 15. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, that'll be six damage. Okay. No armor. That actually deals half their uh, thing in once, so you get a crippling attack. Sweet. Gonna hamstring him. Now there's a table somewhere. Here it is. Okay, so first you roll a d12 for the severity and then a d6 for the effect. An 11 on the d12. Oh. No head. And what did you get for the d6? A five. With a wet tearing sound, the arm is severed at the shoulder or elbow, leaving only a mangled and bloody stump. Oops. Oops. <laughs> I'd say that's crippling. That seemed kind of on purpose, Jen. No, I just want I was going to knock them out if I got high enough. Instead, I cleave their arm off. Well, that will probably result in unconsciousness. Yeah, blood loss usually I will do that. Hope so. And shock. And, and then I'll say, we have to hurry before they get out. Follow me. You can see I'm like, jumpy. Or like, not jumpy, like, twitchy. Twitchy. Um, Alright. So then it is this person's turn. And after that, horrific injury is going to disengage. I'm glad the one-armed person doesn't just continue fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Wise choice. Um, How do they have that much movement on a disengage? They get to... Oh, you're right. It is half move. They get to move two and their, uh, their speed is five. So rounding down, they only get to move two. Uh, This one's going to straight up run. Good call. So uh, the one that was sort of standing by Tamo as he crushed the head just drops weapons and sprints away up some stairs and out of view. Um, the other two who were engaged with Sarvar and Amara kind of like carefully start backing away. Uh, the, the one without an arm is going to be screaming and shuffling backwards and uh, trying to hold their arm and uh, going up towards the stairs. Lighted guy is probably distressed too. Like yep. holding their arm like this or just holding their one arm in their other hand? <laughs> <laughs> Still holding the weapon. Uh, the arm is on the ground and they are holding their wound. Free trophy. A, a series turn. You can choose to stop channeling your spell. Uh, no, I'm going to keep whispering to myself. Alright, then it is Tamo's turn. Probably would have had to have dropped the idol, eh? Yeah, I would say that the idol is is back by a Siri. Should we add a token for the idol since it's three feet? It's a good idea. Remove over. Get ready to grab it. Sounds good. And then, um, just explaining again, the idol, 
this massive bronze statue of a woman um, with a long snake-like tail instead of legs, no arms, uh, and sort of like a ceremonial dress. Okay, uh, so end of the round. What's going on with the people behind the door? Oh, you can hear them slamming and banging, and then the gong from within the temple rings again loudly. Amara's turn. Um, I say to Savar, lead the way. And I guess I'll hold my action for Savar to lead us. I am ready to sprint. I just don't know where we're going yet. Sounds good. Savar's turn. Sprint, sprint, sprint. All right. That gets you off the map and Amara's triggered action goes. So you can sprint together southwards over here. Uh, these ones um, begin to run. Uh, the last two sort of guard members uh, ducking off into the darkness and away from you with all of your terrifying injuries. Injury makingness. Yeah, injury makingness. Uh, a series turn. Uh, if you continue to chant, your spell will go off at the end of this round. Uh, okay, well. So there's nothing on this spell that says I have to have line of sight. I'm assuming this is just they got to be able to hear me. And if I can hear them through the door, theoretically, they can hear me through the door. I like it. So this I'd makes like, sense. I'd like to compel the guy, closest guy on the other side of the door um, to basically decide now's the time to uh, use all of my pent up feelings of being used by, you know, my bosses and upper management, and maybe now's the time to organize a union, and it's time to start trying to convince everyone around him that it is time for a general strike until their needs are taken seriously, and they are treated with respect, and they aren't just fodder thrown out the door, uh, you know, just just usable bodies. Dude, can they hear the screaming of the guys we just mutilated? Because maybe that will help the force of this com compulsion. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. So you can take a plus one modifier for the screaming. Good suggestion. Um, the difficulty is 10 plus the victim's willpower mod. So your difficulty is a 12, but you're getting an additional plus one. Okay, so I have to roll the 12. That is now my favorite modifier I've ever heard. You get a oh. plus one for screaming. Sorry, you don't actually get that. That's not making the spell um, more effective. Because oh, okay. you've got to cast the spell. And then that right. plus one modifier will be actually a negative one to their willpower roll to resist it. So I have to roll it. I have to roll a 12 for this to cast. Is that my understanding? But you get to add your intellect and your sphere of mind. Oh, right. Oh, I did know that. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I'll just throw that. Plus one, plus three. New. Wow. Two twos in a row. I'm rolling great. <laughs> oh, unfortunate. Disappointing. Twelve is hard to get, though. That's really yeah. hard. It is, but yeah. it would have been really cool if that one went off. It would have. Tamo's turn. Um, is... Do I have to spend half my move equipping the statue? 
I mean, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so you can just move, but you're going to take a minus one to your move because of the weight of the statue. That's fair. Uh, and I'll just turn back to the teenager. Be like, come on, little one. It's time to go. I love this voice you've given, Tamo. Hey, look, I'm really tall and I'm kind of lean, but everyone always is frightened of me, just in general. So the guy what, who just crushed ahead. Well, that's why. What's your uh, what's your regular move? So my move would be six right now. Oh, that's still really good. So I mean, uh, if you were to run, you're still going to move twelve, right? Correct. Are you guys not speed seven? I am speed four. Um, I Holy guess when shit. it said short, it meant like tiny short legs or something. <laughs> <laughs> I am a weak. 17-year-old, basement-dwelling neckbeard who can do magic, apparently. That's the only reason I'm here. I thought you were a guard. No, not me. Jen's the guard. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> I play video games all day. I just, like, hang out in the Voidverse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I so probably then... hang out on whatever the equivalent of 4chan is. That's probably yeah, just, that like, your neighbor's basement. <laughs> to be fair, in this world, it's still 4chan. <laughs> um, so, Asiri, uh, as you're the only one nearby the door, you see the door splinter as they apparently have found some sort of battering ram. Uh, guys? <laughs> Scoot your boot. Uh, I sprint. <laughs> Yeah, so Amara, I'm assuming, keeps running. Sarvar keeps running. Um, the goons in the alleyway are long gone. So now it's a series turn. What is your speed? Uh, four, but I can sprint for 16. Yep, and you just start sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> battering ram, battering ram, battering ram. You guys start a union. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> On second Bye. thought. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Your little copper legs start spinning in circles. Wait, your hair is copper. My your hair skin is copper. probably like bright purple or something. It is speckled. It didn't really. Uh... <laughs> That's a very vague description. Are you yeah, like, uh, have... like a piebald human or? I just have a bunch of freckles. Okay. Eldritch freckles. <laughs> yeah. You know, every every now and then one of them gets a little tentacly on me. But that's that's something to see a doctor about. <laughs> nah, he says it's normal when you're seventeen. But this time your tentacles it. will be coming in. Yeah. Okay, so um I have moved you to the new map and you can see you're exiting this alleyway um, and you're coming up to sort of like a small, uh, uh, small open area. There's a number of uh, residents here of all various species, um, mostly living in squalor, sort of uh, some moving in and out of the buildings. Most of them just sort of like, leaning against walls. Uh, there are puddles and filth and so on. Um, you know that you are on sort of the north side of this area, that Salvation Square is to your south, 
and that you need to get to the uh, the key to the pier by dawn in about three to four hours' time. Where on the map is the pier? Like, I'm not saying draw the whole thing to our goal, but can we just see, like, where the goal is on the map? A flag? Southeast. That is for Tamo to tell you. It's, it's a bit southeast of here. Uh, sort of bottom of it. Uh, sort of the... If you're looking at, like, where we're looking at, Salvation Square from our vantage point here, where we're coming from the top of it, it's off to, like, the leftish a little bit. And, and straight... Yeah. Like, straightish to the left. But we'll need to lay low in my safe house for a few minutes. And that's, um... Just a little to the northwest of Salvation Square. We'll get to it before we hit Salvation Square. Okay. So, why do we need to go to a safe house? It's got better weapons and armor, and they won't know we're going there, so it'll be harder to track us. I don't think they know where we're going necessarily anyway. Like, Shut up, little girl. We're going sense. to my safe house. Shut up. I like I like the big dude saying we get b- better weapons and armor. We don't we need weapons and armor. A, we lay low you for don't a need weapons and armor. There you need... Initial- a bike or something. If we lay low so for a little... minute, their initial sweep should miss us. And we might have another chance. I'm sorry, little girl. I didn't mean to be grouchy. It's just, we need to go there first, okay? Why is girl an insult? Is there an insight in this little game? Girl. Well, they're a little girl, because she's a little girl. I'm not I'm not a girl. Are you, oh, you're a boy? Sorry, I thought you were a girl. I'm little a, boy! I'm a, I'm a teenage boy. Look, I get that I am—I have a pretty slight build. You're wayfish. I thought the voice threw me off. It's so high. You know, it's just the fashion of the area. Everything—you got no body shape in these clothes. Patrick, to answer your question, it might be an awareness roll. I'm going to try that because I feel like Sarvar is has got all two ulterior motives. Right, so that'll be an observation awareness. Do you have observation? I don't have any of that. Awareness is a trait, so you should have that. I don't. I have a zero. All right, so you've got a negative three. Sick. I got a five. Um, so... Uh... You are looking at Sarvar and, you know, just seems a little bit twitchy, a little bit uh, strongly suggested to go there, but it does seem like a solid idea to you. Uh, I want to approach Sarvar and uh, take him by the elbow. Well, Sarvar is running. Sarvar's running? Oh, right. Aren't we all running? I, are we all running right now and having this conversation? Um, we didn't just stop. <laughs> you've you've run out of the alleyway, and I would assume like you stop and begin to blend into people that are just moving. Because if you just like run through directly to the safe house, it's not really a safe house anymore. Everybody saw you like, run in. Is there like yeah. a shit ton of people out here? Yeah, there's like 
maybe a hundred people in this small square area, mostly sort of like lying down. It's very, very like this is midnight right now. It's really, really late. Okay. So we speed walk casual. Yeah, sure. I will casually speed walk next to Sarvar <laughs> and uh, whisper just so Sarvar can hear and say, listen, I know what you're up to. You aren't hiding it from anybody. And we need to get out of here. I understand you have your urges that need to be, your itches that need to be scratched, but the rest of us need to go. Don't worry, little one. We'll get there, but you also need better armor so you're not cleaved in two. If we're out of here before we get into another fight, nobody needs to get cleaved. The more time we spend here, the worse it's going to be for everybody. He just ignores you. He, like, shakes you off. And just feels like, kind of, just isn't, isn't into it. I'm not, I'm not having anything to do with you. Look. <sighs> I know this place. It's, I got this place like the back of me end, you know? We're going to get through this, don't worry. We'll just stop off real quick, shut up the big one, and then we'll move this on. Is, this is a bigger problem. This is going to slow us down more than, than we think. <laughs> this is well, then you us run more. straight on ahead and uh, have fun. Have a great time. you psychic now too, boy. I... <laughs> Do you guys not know why I'm here? I'm a chatter broker. I deal in information. I know things. I know things about you, Sarvar. That's nice, boy. Let's go. Hey, like, what kind of thing? We need to duck out of sight. Well, their first search sweeps past us, and then keep moving on. If we, know, if we can do that and get some better equipment while we're at it, let's do it. There's no equipment. <laughs> But if we need to go there, I'm sure there's gear there, but I don't think there's any equipment. So um, I, I have not you, slowed down. I'm still going with Sarvar here. All right. So as the three of you sort of hurry forward, um, Tamo holding the heavy uh, idol. Um, Can we cape wrap that right now? Yep, wrapped in the old heavy cape that I am equipped with. Okay. You're just holding a a big cape in your arms. <laughs> you uh, you baby. <laughs> you push through a narrow alleyway with like some overhangs above you and like a little bit of dripping moisture, and you come out into another sort of larger area. And immediately you can see uh, a group of four Sarakum guards who are like shaking down somebody in the uh, in the middle of the open area. A lot of people here are sort of like looking away, trying not to um, pay attention. And the Sarakum are um, uh, mostly human, but a lot of them have sort of the, uh, the mutations of half-bloods and whatnot. And as you sort of come along, uh, you hear a quiet whispered voice say, um, Amara! Here, come here. Uh, is that one of the two voices I would know here? Yes, you recognize it as Akra. 
And so as you look over to as you look over to uh, the sound of the voice, Akra, uh, there's a young street urchin who seems to be favoring one leg and sort of like waving you into a small uh, uh, lean-to. I take a quick glance around to see if anybody other than my three compatriots here are watching me. And I casually duck down to speak to him. And he makes space, and there's space enough for all of you to uh, kind of, like, gather around and cover, you know, like, pull your hoods up sort of thing. And he says, Did you get it? You succeeded. But there are cards here. Uh, Yes. Yes. And we need... We need to lay low until we can move across the square. And he smiles and he says, I know what to do. And he ducks out and uh, runs up towards the guards. He seems to be making a distraction for you. Change of plans. Let's take advantage of that right now. Good boy, Akra. Your sacrifice will not be in vain. I leave like a good handful of copper dins. Just like tucked nice. under one of his blankets in the lean too. So, uh, as he's running, he sort of grabs a uh, like a bucket that appears to be made like of sort of some clay, and he runs up and then pours the water all over uh, one of the guards, and then just takes off to the north. And the Sarakum starts shouting, "Boy, come back!" And uh, he's he's limping, like he's uh, he's clearly got a wounded leg, but he uh, he's pretty nimble and seems to know the area very well. Street urchin type. Brave boy, Akra. Let's go. The let's go right now. Take off and get try to go fast. Everyone has to follow him. Um, I thought we were avoiding the safe house now. And I'm walking straight back. the other way. Walking so sure fast. Uh, right over here, we got a lookout, so watch out for that. Let's avoid that. Spire takes a second to vomit. You alright? Yeah, keep going. You been drinking? I wish. I wish. Hey, you're not 18 yet. <laughs> All right. Your poison, Sava. This is good weapons. I mean, it was pretty obvious. I got a thing of poppy juice if you want it. I don't. uh, That will definitely slow us down. I don't do that shit. Okay, what shit do you do? Did we miss it already? No, uh, it's right here. Okay, I'm trying to like line up my map with the other map, and it's confusing. I have them both sure. side by side. So, I don't even have a map. <laughs> <laughs> you have the map of the cosmos in your mind. I have a portion of map. I believe you have a portion of the map on your second character sheet, David. I have none. Oh, I do. Oh, I do have a bit. Uh, so everybody thought they had no maps. <laughs> Just in here, quickly. Yeah, this is is a good way to go. And so you sort of rush forward, um, 
like looking around carefully, making sure you're not being followed and 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 head in, right? Ah, uh, yeah, I do. I duck in as well. Okay. Anybody who is sort of looking around to uh, check out for anything can make observation observation awareness rolls. Yeah, I'll do that. This whole you get a minus three if you don't have it on your ski- sheet is really that's uh, real rough detrimental. Is this safe house exactly the same as Kulu's location? I I can't quite tell. Uh, sorry. Uh. Yaku Alu here. All right, guys, we all have secrets. Oh, okay. Okay. Way to go, eagle eyes. I'm an observant fellow. Information is my trade. I also thought that you gender flipped your character, and then I read the notes that I have on your character, and it says he, and I was like, oh, never mind. I read I didn't it wrong. I know that was a question. Um, I've been I, I've been rolling on a table and I failed another roll, uh, and America got a twelve. So could you please? Uh, I need to make. Uh, is there a table for delirium? I bash in Sarvar's head. <laughs> Did Sarvar uh, okay. tell us where the safe house is? Yeah, you're ducking into it right now. Um, so. Yeah, okay. Safe house, Hang on just one house, sec. whatever. Crack down. So was it Mayor? Hang on just one sec. At least I'm going delirious inside of it. That's good. We could just leave her there. Him. Sorry. I mean <laughs> two can play that game. When you're <laughs> <laughs> Now you're a girl. <laughs> okay, so you make an additional stamina roll right now. Oh, God, I'm rolling so bad when it's important and so good when it's bad for me. A five. All right, so you fail. You begin to notice some strange stuff. Roll a d12 to see what you notice. I'm throwing it out there. I complained at first because I joined the like the character snagging real late because I was working. Uh, I'm so glad that everyone else picked everything but this guy. I know. I wish I just had a hammer guy. Hammer guy is so good. Eleven. Oh man! Told you I'm rolling really high and it's bad for me. Yeah, you roll like just negatively, in like it's like dice hate you. I did get an. I could take an arm off, so I guess that's cool. That's true. That was really rad. You have drama dice. Whatever is most dramatic, good or bad, is what happens. That is so <laughs> accurate. You have gen dice. Okay, uh, Jen, could you roll me a d12 for duration? 12. <laughs> nine? So for nine minutes. <laughs> uh, three hours. Sarvar, you start to see these threatening, monstrous things closing in all around you, and you make a wild swing attack against all adjacent living beings for the next nine minutes. You, you have to... <laughs> There's still the unsheathing round, which I'm going to insist on this time. Yeah, so she's pulling her sword out. <laughs> he. he. He, Sarvar, is pulling his sword out as you stumble into the uh, into the safe house. Um, now, let's take care of a couple of things while this is happening. Um, 
David, you got a 13 on your observation. No voice came through that time, bud. Oh, I see a 12. 12. 12. Excellent. So while you're sort of ducking in and you're the last to come in because, you know, you don't want to be here anyways, you see a, uh, a small Akjaria uh, girl, an urchin. So they're kind of like goat people with, uh, with six limbs. So they got kind of like a goat face and like blue patchy fur and then two sets of arms. And then their legs have, um, you know, hands on the ends as well. Uh, but she seems to like look very closely at you and kind of like rubberneck a little bit as if she's looking for something. And then she takes off in the direction of the Saracoon. Okay. Uh, by the way, nothing you described with that goat person sounded like a goat. Uh, she's got the <laughs> goat-shaped the pupils. <laughs> Oh, what I okay. liked was, uh, you know, like the six arm. Her goat. hands are feet, or her <laughs> feet are hands. You know, like they are. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. And then so, uh, you you duck into the safe house, and uh, let me just show that to everybody. You're coming in uh, sort of on the right-hand side right there where there's a door. And uh, there's two rooms. There's a bed in the back. There's a chest. There's a table. There's a little bit of bundled uh, sort of like burnables for warmth. And Sarvar just starts taking out his weapon. I Can I uh, yell for Tamo to stop him and start tearing through this place for something that looks like the stuff I've seen Sarvar using? Or would you just assume that I saw something bad in here and I'm trying to defend us from some sort of attacker inside the house? I'm sorry. Well, I've twitch, also twitch, seen twitch, you something that looked definitely um, intoxicating. Yeah, the thing is, none of us are unaware of your proclivities. Y'all don't know me. Uh, I think the problem is that we do. Yeah, y'all do know you. Wait. <laughs> Wall, wall, we, we all, wall do, wall do no. All right. <laughs> so, um, Sarvar, I'm assuming, takes uh, the action to draw weapon, and then Tamo. Well, like we're not going to roll initiative. Tamo, are you going to try and stop him from attacking? Yeah, like a grapple, not like a punch or like a hit. Okay, so let's call that um, opposed strength rolls. Would Brawny apply to this? Yes. What does that do? <laughs> Let's find out. It soaks up extra liquid. <laughs> it is great. Non fun. <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming that's going to be a strength talent. That is a strength talent. Uh, the character is rippling with muscles, making her or him look imposing and formidable. Add plus one to all intimidation attempts, as well as dealing plus one damage with all brawling attacks. So I guess not. Cool. So it's just strength? Uh, yeah, let's, let's just go with strength. All right. I mean, what, what else could it be? It could be uh, the combat skills, which would be brawling... Because I have unarmed. Ah, unarmed. Yeah, for sure. Jen, do you have unarmed as a skill? 
No, I did not. Okay, so you're actually going to roll with a negative three uh, of a strength roll. With a negative three, I got a five. I got a What'd twelve. You? All right, so Tamo starts to hold Sarvar down, uh, and so uh, Amara, you want to make me a search roll? I, I don't want to hold up the game too much longer. So let's actually, I will have the search roll because I want to see how long it takes. Give me that roll. So what As, am I rolling? Um, sounds like an observation awareness. Okay, and I have two dots of observation, so two, and awareness, plus two, so four. No other bonuses. Nice. And I would say that the difficulty is probably average, so you need to beat a seven. I really want to read out the contents, so I'm excited. Like your secret stuff? Oh, yeah, no problem. You start, like, sort of rifling around. Uh, Jen, where would Sarvar have hidden what she's looking for? Under his pillow. So underneath uh, Sarvar's pillow, you find a couple of packets of dried herbs. Four packets. So it's the sort of thing that you sort of grab and you grind to a powder and sniff up. He's a sniffing herb. Do I know this? You do. You've seen it before, and you know that it's sort of... It's it's a rather addictive hallucinogenic herb. Well, since not having it is actively messing up our mission right now, and it's why I was okay with going to Sarver's hideout in the first place in fast order, I'm going to prepare this as fast as I can to, like, give to Sarver. Alright, so what is a Siri doing as this is happening? Tamo has tackled uh, Sarvar. Uh, Amara starts rooting around uh, the bed. Get off of me, uh, monster! Uh, I come running in and I freeze for a second because I don't know what's happening. And then I begin uh, shouting about the goat girl and we gotta go. <laughs> Look, we, we've been seen by the goat girl She's going to tell people, we need to go now, like right now. So I don't know why you guys are wrestling. I don't know what you're looking for. We got to get this and go. Find us a weapon. This time is lost anyway. Amora, a series losing his mind too. Tackle him. (laughs) (laughs) He's on some kind of drugs, just like this guy. So you... Go ahead, I'm go ahead. about goat girls. I'm not on drugs. The, the goat people are real. We've all seen them. I heard you. I'm saying oh, we're yeah. trying to fix Sarvar. Find a weapon uh, or something useful. You know what might be useful? Leaving Sarvar. Do we need Sarvar for this? We just got to get our idol to Nakwa. Naka. Wherever we're going. You don't want a reputation for leaving coworkers behind. We're part of a I team a repu- here, hey? I want a reputation for not dying and getting the job done. If if Sarver can't get his, uh, pardon my French, uh, poop together, uh, you know, maybe now's the time 
for you know just just let Sarver stay here with his drugs. You know, I've got no time for junkies and drug addicts. What I've got time to do is not get killed by whoever the goat girl is bringing. So let's not be here when the goat girl comes back. I don't know what a goat is. It's got six arms and blue fur and the ends of its arms are human hands like us. But, you know, goaty. And you're not on drugs. There's a back door. Start piling stuff in front of... Sorry, just a second. Siri on my phone is sure I'm telling her something. <laughs> <laughs> Playing back door. <laughs> Looking at my back door. <laughs> a Siri, there's a back door. Pile things in front of that one and buy us some time. On the okay. Floor, struggling, we'll say. That monster's really judgy. Oh no! <laughs> it's because right, he's seventeen. You're older than their monster. Puberty's really stuff, really tough. You know, we've all been through it. Have all I got right. something prepared to give to Sarvar yet? You do. You grind up the uh, the herbs and sort of hold it under Sarvar's uh, nose uh, and sniffs it, and like you can see his body sort of like relax, and he's no longer fighting you. Give him a couple of those like face slaps. And I go. There we are. Back to normal. Shit. Okay, we need to go I'm now. I'm really sorry. Yeah, let's go. Um, just uh, I'll get up in a second. Someone go into the chest. Um, get some stuff out of it. I need my saber. Saber. Yeah, go into the chest. Do you want to read it or do you want me to share it? I want to read it. All right, so Tamo goes into the chest. Jen, please take, go ahead. My friend, you find a superior quality saber, a balanced mace, three glass jars with corrosive acid, um, lamaral? Lamellar armor. Leather armor, pauldron, leather helmet, shield. Snap, you weren't kidding. So... I gotta ask, how come you didn't bring any of this with you? It was a stealth mission. Yeah, it was a snatch we and grab. We weren't supposed to bring stuff. I brought this my guy cape. Have a giant hammer. <laughs> how heavy? He is used the to work there. How heavy is the right. chest, and can the idol fit in it? Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I would say that you can put the idol in it, and two people could carry the chest. That would make us look so much more ordinary. And if we put the cape over what the is... chest, it could look like a dog. And then I could help you carry the chest. I uh, don't. Uh, do you have more of that? Are you going to flip out again? Uh, I've got. I. It, I'm. I'm good now. Okay. Yeah. No. It lasts for several several hours. I, I've got more, and I hold up the other packets. You Let's all do some. I wouldn't suggest it. We all get like, crazy, out of our minds, smash it. I just realized I'm playing Grog. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Massive Damage Adventures. We do a different one-shot every month, and I hope you check out our next one. Please rate and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at SkyhammerK, and on Instagram at SkyhammerPress. Also, if you want monthly releases of homebrew content, pledge to our Patreon as a $3 minstrel, 
at patreon.com slash skyhammerpress. If you want some outtakes, keep listening after I stop talking. The robots are listening. It's rude in this game to attack Craig, but in our usual recorded game, I just rip into Craig. Verbally? Yep. His voice sounds weird, and I don't like it. Okay, mine has tolerance, and I thought you were saying they're all bad things, and I was like, how is tolerance a bad thing? You tolerate evil! I mean, I know he's murdering children, but... Like, we really know his backstory. (laughs) What's up, Patrick? Just, I got to defense value, and I was very confused by the numbers. Yeah, okay. So defense value is seven, and then applying modifiers. Okay, cool. I was like, I have a negative one and three zeros, and it said six. I was like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yep. A lot of this needs to, like, a lot of the character sheet doesn't make any sense unless you've read the rule book. So I read the adventure, then I read the character sheets, then I read the rule book. So now things make sense. I feel like character sheets should just, as a habit, include the default values that everything is being added to. But I completely most don't, agree. to be honest. I feel like a well-designed character sheet gives you effectively quick start rules. Well, yes. That's why, to this day, World of Darkness or Chronicles of Darkness is still one of my number one favorite mechanical systems. In one sheet, they've got all character creation and everything you need. And you never have to wonder how many dice you're rolling. It's a it's a beautifully designed system. Are there attacks of opportunity in this? Like, if I just want to run away from somebody, am I going to get killed? Uh, they can take a reaction to attack you if they have not acted. Oh. Okay. So wait yeah, for them dead. to stab us, and then we <laughs> run. <laughs> you get one free shot, then I'm out of here. Uh, you'll see. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff, and we'll go through them. Um, yeah, okay. So, next is magic. So, going? Sorry, I had to change my password. I'm in now. Ah, there you are. <laughs> and you've still got a card. Because this, uh, this is the same one that we used for uh, Deadlands. I don't know what I don't have a card. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a card. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, you have a card. Yep. All right. So first handout for combat. Uh, you can click on the little magnifying glass and make it real big. And so you can see in movement, there's charging, disengaging, engaging, fleeing, furious charging, jumping, moving, etc. These are all things that you can choose to do. You choose one of these on your turn. So, for example, if you're far away, you can charge them. Double your move, attack uh, with plus one damage, but you get no agility or shield defense bonus. Um, I'm going to charge everyone. Or you can engage, which allows half of your movement, and you engage the opponent, and then you can perform a maneuver. So that would be probably one of these offensive combat maneuvers down here. Pretty good. Uh, you can flee, run or sprint, free opponent attack opportunity. There you go. Your opponent attacks you. If you're that, 
there you go. This is fun. Yeah. And then um, we've got, I've got four more pages that go into depth with all of these. So we won't share them all right now. When they come up, somebody's like, wait, how does pushback work? We'll look it up and we'll share it and do that. Oh my God. That's so awesome. You can uh, samurai katana draw attack someone. Ooh, Jitsu? Uh The unsheathing attack, yeah. Equip weapon, minus six initiative penalty, and minus three attack penalty. There you go. That's awesome. Also, apparently adjacent and close are two different things in this. Yeah, close is like, you know, pretty close. Adjacent is literally right up in your grill. Well, then why is fists close? It's hard to punch somebody when you're nose-to-nose grappling. Yeah, It's hard to hit someone with a hammer when you are. (laughs) My hammer's adjacent. Then I have no answer for you. Yeah, that okay, that doesn't make sense. I have destroyed every bit of logic that you have. Well done. I didn't write the system. I didn't say you did. I've still torn us under your logic, though. Like How does that make you feel, logic. Patrick? Uh, I mean, no, no change, really. I know that Melissa will attack me with a pun, and uh, such vengeance will be had. I don't have any right now, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Oh, come on, Melissa. Don't <laughs> all right. So there's there's all of the skills. Hey, hey, Patrick. <laughs> see? What did I just say? <laughs> okay, sorry. Never mind. I'll let Merrick keep explaining. Never mind. I'm sorry. That was interrupted. So, for instance, I'm pretty sure somebody has, like, a disarm thing that makes disarming easier that's under specializations it's me nice i have something called basher all right so i assume i summon basher oh wow that'd be impressive like the reindeer the one that wasn't allowed to pull the sleigh that's Dasher. Basher. <laughs> no, Basher wasn't allowed to pull the sleigh. That's oh, because he was not a He kept fighting too much? Mm-hmm. Kept breaking Sam toys. like, stop it, Basher. I can't stop fighting. Maybe he was just really stompy <laughs> on those rooftops. Stop it, Santa. Let me live my truth. I'm so glad that you picked the wizard person first. Boy, did I not know that this was going to happen. <laughs> and I got stuck with hammer guy. <laughs> I know. Like, America was like, oh, you're a magic user. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> New magic systems the... are always so confusing. I wanted the talky person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this person is the talky person. Because they use magic to hurt people's brains. I'm going to take, like, happily, the big dumb hammer idiot. (laughs) Pretty glad about that. Yeah, I don't blame you. She doesn't get Patrick that if she holds it to your face, you can't see it. She doesn't understand cameras. So she just keeps holding dice in front of your face on the screen. 
Okay. I'm not hearing the music. A little bit. I only hear the melodic tones of your beautiful voice, Merrick. Can I have I 10 why. extra hit points? I was like, someone's trying to get a bonus on a roll. <laughs> I did a, um, uh, an equal sign instead of a, a hyphen. Equal sign is like two hyphens. That'll get you. It did it's not double the, the track. In fact, it did less music. <laughs> 